Hello, everyone. We're back. We are. We are back. Uh, we thought we'd record a little quick preview, mm. pre, like pre-intro to the intro to this episode and to the next sort of six episodes mm-hmm. because um, they were recorded in December slash early January of 2021 and they don't make a lot of sense contextually in terms of our banter mm. um, now in sort of October of 20. 22 so yeah don't say those words it's like nearly 12 months i know it's been it's been really something and we'll talk about it we will talk about it Mm -hmm. uh, when we catch up to current day episodes which is the playthings episode which will be released at some point some point at some i don't have dates uh but yeah just wanted to let you know that these were recorded quite some time ago (laughs) so if you're wondering why we're talking about squid game like it's brand new and interesting Mm -hmm. information why yeah it's uh not because we um we had a big old siesta for like 12 Mm. months and then woke up and went hello um it's not like you know 50 is it 50 dates like 50 first dates 50 first dates where it's like every day reset no Mm, no. it was one of those it's not one of those moments no No. um no the 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 longer story we'll share and play things but the very short quick story is that i had my baby Mm -hmm. quite a lot earlier than i thought i was going to have her and that just kind of threw our plans awry. Yep. And they've stayed awry for some time now. But we're back. We're back. We are. So enjoy this episode. Um and yeah. We'll see you in the in, in playthings. We'll for... see you in playthings when we can you guys catch up to us and we catch up to you. Yeah. Okay. Bye guys. Bye. Hello and welcome to We Will Talk About It, the Supernatural Rewatch podcast where we watch one episode every week. Spoiler free, I'm Megan. I'm Kat. And this week we are talking about Season 2, Episode 10, Hunted. Mm. I really enjoyed this episode. There's a lot of elements in this episode that I'm like, I am excited to talk about these characters. Yep. I'm excited to talk about these plot points. Mm-hmm. So this episode, we've got a we've got a female double whammy. So this episode oh. was written by Rael Tucker and directed by Rachel Talale. Tal- or Talali. I'm not sure. It's T-A-L-A-L-A-Y. So Talali. Female double header, which I don't think has happened before. I think it's happened once for Sarah. Yeah, maybe sometimes last season. But anyway, I'm always happy to see female directors and female writers. And I will say in this episode, I feel like the female touch of having Raelle write this episode came out in the female character that we meet. Oh, yeah. In this episode, because she felt very fleshed out. She felt very Mm. real. Especially for someone who is only on screen for a very limited time. Yeah. She makes an impact. She makes an impact, um, and so yeah, I'm, I'm, I definitely felt that in this episode, um, that there was that that little bit of extra depth and mm. really realism to yeah, this there was female. Some, uh, there was some definitely some yeah realism, especially of the time period as well, mm-hmm. and not just her clothes, guys. Heck, yes, though, although <laughs> I mean she was that, but also she actually had range yes and i think the actress that plays this character mm-hmm, who we did, will talk about yeah really came through yes but also i love this episode but i also hate this episode mm-hmm. because as i have said multiple times we get to see a re- we saw a character mm-hmm. that we have seen in this season yeah come back gordon i think we can talk about 
I, just, I can, we can yeah. also, I can we, I can spoil it. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> he play like you said. He plays a good. He plays. He brings the performance. He brings yes. the fucking guns. Sterling K. Brown just bringing like he he brought it to the one, runway a bit too mm. much, <laughs> and I hate it yes. because again he plays the villain, but he plays the villain so well that you instinctively go fuck you, fuck mm-hmm. fuck this, fuck you, fuck that, fuck you. Yes, like he just brings that energy, and I I love that, but this character. This is the episode that starts from after the the break. So it's starting on a high. Yes. And it ends on a high. Yes. It's just all high. Yes. And so we have um, the cold open is in a psychiatrist's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got White Rapid by Jeff- Jeff- Jefferson Airplane playing mm-hmm. the background. It's such a classic. Such a sexy psychedelic kind of. Absolutely. Like, um, epis- like sound like song to have. Like, yeah. It's great, obviously. From it makes me think of the Matrix. Um, probably makes a lot of people think of think of the Matrix. 60s. And um, you know, this psychiatrist is talking to this boy, this gentleman called Scott, who's mm-hmm. wearing this like jean jacket with a furry collar, which I seven thousand percent had. I absolutely had the female cut version of this exact jacket, yep, and I wore it, was it the time. all the time. And I loved that jacket. It was my absolute wardrobe staple. <laughs> yeah, and it was that faux. It was all different color browns and it had yeah. some white in there. And there was also some blonde. Yeah, because I had one too. Mine was really dark though. Mine was like a dark colored one. Yeah, mine was almost exactly like this one. It like dark denim and then like the brown faux whatever the hell animal it's yeah. alleging to be. Yeah, to be around the the color. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I had one too. Ward- yes. Wardrobe staples of the the mid two thousands, early two thousands. I know this actor from somewhere, S- Scott. Yeah. Um, I was like, "You're a baby, someone." I mean, he does look like baby Jared Leto. That's probably what it was. It's obviously not Jared Leto. No, it's not Jared um, Leto. <laughs> Boy, howdy! <laughs> Let me have a look and see if he's been in anything that we would know him from, or you would know him from, which is always more of. <laughs> More, more of, of the, the challenge. More of the challenge for Cat. Yes. Yeah, I don't think you know him from anything. It's probably because he's a doppelganger. Yeah, I think it's because he looks like Jared. He looks like Jared Leto at that time. Like yeah. he looks like tiny baby Jared. Like not Jared Leto. But yeah, the, he's definitely not been in anything that I think you would have seen. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. So let's continue. <laughs> let's let's continue. So he's talking. You know, he's talking to a psychiatrist, and he's sort of saying like that he has started to develop some powers yep. about a year ago, and now he can. Do things. Do things with electricity. Yeah. So specifically, he can electri- electrocute things if he wants. And he had vision. Or he has nightmares. He had migraine. Oh, that's right. Migraines. So he doesn't have any nightmares. That's right. That's somebody else. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so migraines. He then extends his hand out to this psychiatrist, which mm-hmm. I was like, is this psychiatrist a demon? Because I, I just got the vibe. Like, I just wasn't, oh. getting, I wasn't getting good vibes from the guy. Not because, you know, I feel like all psychiatrists are demons, but it was more the way he, I don't know, the, the actor that plays, who was, we're going to see very briefly yeah. through this episode, it just, had a, I had a vibe. Okay. Um, no, I think he was just like, obviously we're, we're talking to everything he's saying. We're like, oh, so he's like Sam. Yeah. And we're obviously coming from that perspective. Whereas the psychiatrist is coming from the perspective of, what he's been just told that this person can electrocute themselves, but then he's also revealed that he killed the neighbor's cat. Yeah. And for anyone yep. <laughs> like us who's a bit of a, 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 a true crime fan, uh-huh. 
Um, that's one of the the three yeah. kind of main red flags for serial it's like a, killers. It's like a, it's allegedly, like hellos, but like worse. Um, <laughs> it's like it was just like oh, there's one of no, we'll just see the other two, yeah. which <laughs> is bedwetting and um, a uh, bump of the head generally, yeah, like some kind of head he- head trauma, head trauma in the so, childhood. Um, so I think he's just coming from that perspective uh-huh. of like maybe believing that he's killed this cat, obviously not believing that he electrocuted it, but that's obviously a bit of a red flag for a yeah, psychiatrist he, to be like, uh-huh. So how would you electro- electrocute them? You say with your hands, but I believe mm-hmm. it may have been with your hands with other em- with an instrument. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also Dexter. If anyone watches Dexter, that's yes. definitely one of the, the tropes. And so, yeah, so he extends his hand to be like, you know, want to shake, and the psychiatrist is like, well, why did you want to kill the cat? He's like, I didn't, but he wanted me to, and he doesn't want me to stop there. He mm-hmm. tells me to do things, yeah, and which that he's again, got plans for me. Yep. Um, which again, if you're just a psychiatrist, you're just like this person is experiencing a psychotic break. I am surprised that they allowed Scott to leave. That was the other thing. Like, because <laughs> this, this uh, he ends his session, mm-hmm. and he's walking back to his car through the car park mm-hmm. of from I assume like the the medical office yeah area like office building area and that surprised me because yeah. I'm like where are the coats and why is he not being safely placed in the vehicle and taken yes. to somewhere that's safe for him and others yes this seems like red flag behavior yeah 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 Glazing over that. We'll glaze the gla- <laughs> We'll pass over that. Yeah. Yeah. He goes back to his car and he hears a sound, and then someone stabs him pretty brutally. Very brutally. And makes it very clear that he is dead or kills him. And that's the cold opening. And that's the cold open. And we're now back to the end of Proatoan. Mm-hmm. We're about to get Dean's big revile. I know. Finally. Finally, we get to find out why Dean's so pissy. We find out what Dad said. Mm-hmm. Um and he sort of starts being like, yeah, he said to watch out for you, meaning Sam, like, mm-hmm. yep, take care of you. And Sam's like, what? And how is this different to the seventy thousand other times? Yeah, that, that like, dad, you know, dad did dad stuff. Like this doesn't seem that different. Um, oh, and yeah. Dean's like, no, he said that I had to, I had to save you, and then if I didn't, I'd have to kill you. Let's and let's unpack that for a minute. Yeah, because what? <laughs> And he's like, well, what does that mean? And he, Dean's like, I don't know. And it was at that point that I said my notes, fuck you, John. Because, like, honest to God, even no in his last moments, he couldn't be like, because he wasn't dying at the time. He dies no. later. He had plenty of time to. He maybe died, like, 15 minutes after this. Dean in on what does he Let's mean go. by that? Give him some details. Yeah, like, be like, oh, it's got something to do with maybe the yellow-eyed demon. Yeah, and his I, special powers. like his special powers. Maybe looking. There is, you know, he could have said something like the page, you know, 57 of my journal that will give you, that will start this journey. Give him, give Dean a little bit more to go on. And so we now finally know what Dean heard. Obviously we were aware in this, the first episode of this season, that he was very disturbed by it. It obviously explains all of his wacko behavior for this whole time because he's like been dealing trying to figure out what the fuck john's talking about john you're so bad at this like yeah. why i'm <laughs> um, whenever you mentioned gen- uh, generational trauma but fuck me generational trauma yeah because that is the if this is like oh keep him safe but if you can't just straight up murder your brother kill him we're not gonna i'm not gonna tell what? you what you, i mean by this i don't know i'm gonna tell you and how that might occur and obviously that's why dean's been as we've just said yes. acting out the way he has because 
he's got to wrestle with the fact that he has to kill his brother. But, but no he doesn't context. know why. <laughs> he's just got to kill him if he can't save him. And it's like, what are the what are the hints? What are the cues? Like, does he have like a like again a psychologist tick list of like when he goes off rogue, like goes rogue, like does he tick these things? Like, it, yeah. there's nothing. And this makes Sam very angry and very rightly so because he's like, what the actual fuck? Yeah, he's, he's like, I don't understand why you didn't tell me this. And he's like, well, because dad said not to tell you. And it's like this one last, again, fuck you, John. <laughs> and Sam is very much done with whole, like, for fuck's sake. It's always, you know, dad just mm-hmm. says what he wants to says, And he, you know, he literally let off a grenade into a room and with yeah. like no context. It's like just walking past and going, lop, lop that fucking emotional grenade over there. Um, and then exit, which is what exactly mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's just, you know, he's like, "What am I going to go evil? Like, yeah. what, what does what is any mm-hmm. of this mean?" And Dean's like, "He didn't tell me." And it's like, John. Yeah, John's an asshole. Um, straight up asshole. And yeah, so then we go to a motel, mm-hmm. and it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. And I love this. Mainly because I think it's funny that Sam, who is quite a tall fellow. Yes. It's just like skulking out in the middle of the night, not making a peep. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, it made me chuckle because I'm like, surely because he's tall, you know, he may bump something because he's tall, like mm-hmm. door frame. Accidentally bump I it. think that you, I mean, he, he's tall all the time. I know. But so I don't think he's ever surprised by his tallness. No, I think it's... Like, I don't think he's ever like, huh, I didn't expect to be this tall today. <laughs> no, I think it's more... He's obviously skulking out. He comes yeah. in, like he closes the door quietly and then he like doesn't make a peep. Yeah. And for whatever reason, and maybe because I've just watched too many comedy movies where I expected him to bump something mm. because. But he is a highly trained hunter. Yeah, I get Sneaking Again, is yeah. kind of his job. He wore sneakers for sneaking. Yes. But yes, he goes into, I thought at first he was going to take the Impala and I was like, yes, that seems weird. But no, we find out he's just going into the boot to grab supplies mm-hmm. and then he leaves. Yes, so he does steal another car. He steals someone else's car. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now standing in front of a, you know, he's standing in front of a house um, with an address written on it. He's going in. You know, we don't get a lot of context, like where did nope. he get this address? What does this address mean? Um, and as he gets into the house, he trips over a wire and a pretty horrifying kind of mildly graphic like they really push the boundaries yeah, of like especially showing him actually explode Whoa. and especially when a bit of splat hits the screen yeah which i love i think it's so silly but it's so good yeah it's just like ew and then we get the kind of like dream sequence and it's yeah. um the female character yes ava yes as we find her name out a little bit later yes wakes up and she is in a cold sweat she is like what the fuck so it nightmare that yeah. she was having about sam being blown up which is interesting it is very interesting and then we expected an ad break because it cuts very from her being what the hell happened mm-hmm. and we're at the roadhouse yes and sam's at the roadhouse yes and uh ellen is there she's berating sam a little because obviously dean has been calling around mm-hmm. so it seems like the first bit of the um the night before was was real was real time just Sam stealing a car and like Probably getting out of Dodge. Getting out of Dodge, getting away from from Dean, needs some distance, needs to mm-hmm. process, unpack some things, get away, trying to work out what his plan is to be moving yeah. forward. So she's mad that he has sort of run off and yep. she's like, you know, what's going on between you two? And Sam's like, hmm, deflection. How's Joe? 
and this is where we sort of find out the the the, the end of the story um, for Joe. Obviously, the last time we saw Joe, no they exit. were really trying to set her up as Dean's um, love, love interest. interest. Thank God they didn't, and they really it didn't work because yeah, she was miserably is what the answer was because she was being written too young. She was being yeah. written as allegedly from what we glean, maybe 21, 22, which is still maybe a little young. Mm. I, I'm not super into it, um, but she was being written as 16, 17. Like her actions and her behavior yeah, was being very, written way like, too young yeah. and in a gross way. Um, and obviously at the Barely end. Barely legal. At the end of No Exit, we find out that John allegedly got Joe's dad killed, killed. and that sort of puts the end to their potential romance that might have existed and Um, from that we discover that she wanted to go off and do hunting yep and ellen said not under my roof and that is why and joe said fine and that was the end and that's the end of that chapter yeah and i'm just gonna say yes joe get it like yeah i mean she's a grown-ass woman like they've told us that she at the very least went to college yeah yeah i know in your head she's 16 she's not they just keep writing her dialogue that way which is not the same thing i know know, um so she's a she's a grown-up and she was like okay cool bye mum," and she left and i'm like yes yeah i mean if that's what you want to do like even though it's a risky business um she's a grown-up she's she's allowed to decide She's... she's apparently maybe the same age as sam yeah so is what it is. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Ellen says something really, I think, quite sweet where she mm-hmm. she also does a little bit of deflection because she's she tells Sam, she's like, I've forgiven John years ago yeah. about what had happened and transpired. And yeah, that's that's the end of that sort of chapter. Mm-hmm. And Sam asks her a question and she deflects. Yeah, he's he asks, you know, what what did happen? And she's like, why are you here? Yeah, what's going on? How can I help you? How can I help you? And then we get Ash, mm-hmm. our, our fabulous mullet man. Yes. Um, come back and he Sam has decided that he wants to try and find everyone like him, mm-hmm. vision-wise, to start off with. Yeah. Um, um, the special children, as they're sort of starting to be called. And, you know, Ash makes a very good point. He's like, that's going to be pretty hard to find because – as we now know, mm-hmm. it, not everyone who becomes a special child or part of the special children group had the same, like, yeah. say ritual, like where, you know, nursery fire, mother dies, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Sam's like, I know, but at least if you can find the ones that do, yeah. that's a starting point. And Ellen sort of goes, well, what's this all for? And he's like, I don't know. I just need to start here. Yeah. I just need to, you know, that we need to start somewhere. And then we sort of cut to later and Ash comes back out to to give the results. And I will just say um, the song that's playing in the background in this scene is Supermassive Black Hole by Muse. And Muse is hands down my favorite band of all time. Like I love them forever. When I first saw this episode, when it first aired back in sub-2007 and Muse was playing in the background, like it was like a secret message to me personally because it was, they're such a big band, I guess, but they're not that well known Mm. outside of like the kind of indie alternative subculture. And I was at that stage, like I feel like a lot of people when they're 13, 14, they, you know, Mm -hmm. they have a moment where they get obsessed with a band and that band becomes like their identity. You know, One Direction is probably a great sort of recent example or Justin um, Bieber. And I didn't really have that when I was 13 or 14. There weren't, there just wasn't that one band. Me was the band Five. 
Yeah, so five for me, I was like eight or nine. So I was I was too I was too young. Yeah, like and I was like eleven. Yeah, and so I, you know, I never really had that when I was that sort of teen age. But yeah, seventeen year old me, seventeen eighteen year old me, discovering Muse, the obsession was complete. Yeah, I was so obsessed with them. You were enamored. I was completely enamored with them. Mm Um, I was very in love with the main lead singer, Matt Bellamy, even though he is shorter than me. And it was disappointing when he started to date Kate Hudson. This is very hard to like oh, worship yep. a rock god if he dates Kate Hudson. No offense, Kate Hudson, but like mm, yeah. those two things. Because she not... was sun she's essentially sunshine. Yeah, like and there there was just something that was just like they had that a baby, is... right? Yes. They had a kid and now he's I don't know who he's dating because I it's that was you know, that was, that was the two, 20 like, years ago. Yeah, I was going to say, that was like, what, 2005? Yeah. That? No, it was a bit later than that, that they, they started dating. Um, but, yeah, so when I heard Muse, it was like a personal gift to me Aww. to hear this band that I love, that I'm so obsessed with. Didn't hear it. I could not not hear it. I can hear Muse. I can hear a single strain from a Muse song and I immediately know what song it is. Um, B, know the album. Like, it's that level. Like, yeah. You are a stan. I am a stan for Muse and I will not. That's the hill you're dying on. That's the hill I'm dying on. And I think it's a pretty good hill to die on. Yeah. And if you've never listened to any of Muse's music, I 100% go recommend it. Go listen to Black Holes and Revelations. Go listen to Absolution. They're some of their earlier albums. Okay, I'm going to go do that because I'm I'm pretty sure I would have heard a Muse You've song. heard Supermassive Black Hole, 100%. It, that was their probably most mainstream hit. It was in Twilight, apparently. So, yes, Muse, I... Adore thee, and yeah, it was like a little gift to me to have that song playing in, in the, the background, background of this episode. Like, it's so I, I I get it. People are just like, okay, but it's like Kripke had some real specific feelings mm. about the music that he played. Oh yeah, and like, like I've always said, like I've I think I've said a thousand times, mm-hmm. the music through the the supernatural arcs mm-hmm. or just the seasons mm-hmm. are its own character. Yeah, and he had some really strong feelings about music at the time that was on the CW. It was very, like, indie, mm-hmm. Grey's Anatomy energy. Yeah, throwing it back. Well, not throwing it back. Like, the music, but I mean, in a sense of, like, going back to, like, like Blue Oyster Cult and things like oh, that. Oh, yes, like, it was like, on Supernatural, yes. Yes, that's what Supernatural, they did. Yes, I, I was like, no, Grey's Anatomy was entirely contemporary. No, no, no. I wishy-washy meant indie in, artists. <laughs> no, 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 no. I meant as in, yeah, like, the music he chose. It didn't matter what time period it came from, kind of thing. Like he was no, pulling... he had he had a really specific vibe, and yep. so yeah, for me to have my favorite band play at a time where I was the probably most obsessed with them, Ash comes out and he is like, "Yep, these are the ones that I've found." So these are they're all ones that we already know. Obviously, Sam Max yep. Miller, who we met in season one, um, mm-hmm. Andrew Gallagher, um, who we met in this season, mm-hmm. and then we get uh, Scott Carey, and unfortunately, he's dead. So this mm-hmm. is the character we met in the first. The cold, cold open, open. Yeah. Um, was the was this character who unfortunately had been killed. Sam's like, well, I guess that's where I'm still going because yep. we don't know anything about this guy. And he like, died a month ago. So. Yeah. And this is the new this is a new character, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'm off. And Ellen's like, well, I gotta tell Dean. <laughs> Sam's <laughs> like, don't tell Dean. No, <laughs> please don't. <Yep. laughs> but I appreciate her up, up, her being upfront of being like, cool. I'm gonna tell Dean where you're going. Because yeah, that's, that's what I do. I am mother. <laughs> and he's like, no, he can't protect me from this. Like, he means well, but, like, I need answers for what's going on. Yeah. 
and we cut to Sam talking to Scott's dad. Yep. Um, unfortunately, he sort of says that Scott – I will just say this guy, the the guy who plays Mr. Carey, who plays the dad, he was in um, a lot of episodes of Stargate. I forget what character he played. Okay. But he was like – in a lot of the episodes of Stargate, and but he's obviously a like character actor in Vancouver because mm-hmm. that's where Stargate was filmed. Um, but he played this kind of like a f- military official who was kind of a bit like I don't remember enough of the details, so I'm going to cut all this out. Because <laughs> but he was like in it a lot, and I was like, ah, it's that guy. So they're talking to his dad, to Scott's dad, and he's sort of saying that about a year ago he started to basically go a little bit off the rails. Yes, a bit loops. Um, that he was getting really depressed. He was having lots of nightmares, like all of this stuff that was really kind of dark and disturbing. Yep. Um, and he's like, you know, we tried to get him help, but he didn't really want help. Like, yep. um, and he sort of pokes around in Scott's room and gets like full, like serial killer mm. wall energy because mm. he pulls back his, you know, all the clothes in his wardrobe. Yeah, it's just yellow eyes. And it's just, yeah, yellow eyes. Collage. A collage of spooky yellow eyes, which is like a lot. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> uh-huh. And right next to the collage, he finds mm-hmm. a dead body. He doesn't, but that's where my brain was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, this, uh-huh. Is, this is where he finds the, like, mummified corpse of someone. Yeah. Uh, this is where he, he finds. He doesn't. But... He doesn't. He finds a chest, uh, um. Full chest of um left hands, just left hands. He off. doesn't. He doesn't. But that's where my brain was like, uh huh. And to the left of him is a chest full of all the victims' left hands. Yeah. Um. You know that old chestnut. Um. So he's back at the motel. Sam's back at the motel, the Blue Rose Motel, which is the motel that Ava has seen, seen in her in, nightmare. Yeah. Um. And he gets a sense he's been followed. He turns around, and yeah, we meet Ava, and she's like, "You're please, you're in danger." Like she's trying to explain like to Sam thinking Sam's not going to believe her thinking Sam's just like a regular person and she's coming across crazy because she's like trying to explain that she's not on drugs and like she's had nightmares about him and like all of this stuff and yeah um, she's very much like she's she's me essentially because she's just trying to get through like she's like I know this sounds unbelievable this is what happened Mm -hmm. I had a dream and I had another dream like previous to this one Mm -hmm. and that dream came true. I know. I'm crazy. It feels like I'm crazy. I know I'm yeah. not crazy, but that's happened. Yes. I will say this actress, Catherine Elizabeth, um, for years, like even for maybe from the first time I saw it, in my head, in back of my head, I was like, I know her from something and it was driving me nuts. And I sort of eventually I sort of started to feel like, oh, maybe I just know her from Supernatural because I've seen this episode mm. so many times and I really like this character. Turns out, no. I know her from a really obscure horror film that I feel like nobody's seen called Ginger Snaps. No, I have. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a fucking fantasy. She's Ginger. Yeah, so she plays, like, Ginger Snaps, if you haven't seen oh, it, I a- don't know if it holds up. It's but I was really in love. It's like a werewolf body horror. Uh, coming of age. Coming of age. Two sisters. Kind of horny. Yeah, two sisters who are outcasts. They're not the cool kids. Yeah. Pins. Um, Ginger gets great outfits for me as a, like, goth emo girl. 2005. 2005 or maybe, like, Uh, I can look it up, but I I don't know when it... Oh, my God. I have literally mentioned this movie to other... I don't think I've ever mentioned it to you, but... 2000. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it's because Ginger gets her period. Yes. Because this is the whole thing, like... It's how it all starts. These two sisters were very We're not close. going to get into the whole plot of Ginger Snaps. No, we're not. But it's very – oh, it's so camp. That makes so much sense. Yes. 
So yeah, Ginger Snaps, if you haven't watched it, I think I recommend it. I Like I said, I haven't seen it for a long mm. time, so I can't. Go in with 2,000 eyes. Go in with 2,000 eyes, but I feel like it's kind of an under. It's a Z grade. Under the radar, kind of like how Jennifer's body now is yeah. a lot more well-respected for what it tried to talk bit, about. Yeah. I feel like maybe Ginger Snaps and Ginger Snaps too. Both of which I've watched. Oh, there's a second one. There is a second one. I feel like the second one's not even close as good, but like I feel like they're both really interesting Mm. examinations of stuff. Yes. And maybe it works or maybe it's terrible. I don't remember. I remember loving it. Same. Like I remember loving them. And I say there's someone who does not like horror films, Mm. um, but I remember really loving them. But yeah, that's who Ava is um, or the actress Catherine Isabel is in fact- Ginger from Ginger Snaps. Um, I know who that is and I yes. know what that is. So fantastic. <laughs> anyway, back to her talking to mm. Sam. Like I said, I really, this is one of the first female characters that I really like in mm. Supernatural. Especially as a guest. Yes. A guest star. A more substantial guest star. Yeah. Like, because you've obviously had lots of like, sort of damsels in distress or damsels yep. adjacent to distress. Yep. And they've a lot of them have been very passable as characters. Yeah. But this character has been well written, unlike yes. Joe. Yes. And that's not Joe's fault. And no. it's not Alona Tower's fault, no. obviously. It's just is it is what it is. It just unfortunately is that they really miscalculated it. And I say this knowing that he agrees with us. Yeah. He's on like, our side. He's on our side and that's fine. Obviously. Because he's yes. amazing. Yes. But, um, yeah, I love that she's basically caught Sam up really quickly and mm-hmm. Sam is basically just nodding yeah, along going, uh-huh. Because <laughs> he's obviously Sam Winchester. Yeah. And so he's very, yeah. like, he believes her. She's trying to convince him. You know, we don't. We They're, they're not on the same wavelength. Because no. she's saying, like, I there were just migraines and headaches and I had this nightmare about a guy getting stabbed in the car park. And then I saw Scott, obviously. Um, I saw the news article about him getting stabbed. I also love the news article title, which basically says the exact same sentence she said. <laughs> it's great. If I can find a screen grab, I'll pop, I'll pop it on the Insta. And so she suddenly realizes that she's having premonitions, very mm. similar to Sam. Yep. And she's having premonitions, obviously, about special children. Mm-hmm. And that she's seen one about Sam, which is what we've seen, the, the explosion. She saw him die and she's like... I saw the motel and mm-hmm. so I Googled you. And like, the first time we've actually heard the word Google. Yeah, I know. I feel like there's some rule because I was reading about this at some point. There's some rule where you can say Google or Googled because it's part of the dictionary. Uh-huh. It has its own independent meaning. Got you. But if you want to show Google. You got to pay Google. You got to pay Google. And she's like, yeah, so I Googled you and I, like, found you. And he, Sam's like, oh, God, I don't believe this. And she's like, you don't believe me. I'm telling the truth. And he's like, no, I believe you. You are like me. You are having premonitions like I have premonitions. I love that she doesn't want any. She's like, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, in, two, in like a 60-second window, <laughs> you were like, believe me. Oh, he doesn't believe me. Wait, you're a fucking psycho? Um, It's great. And I love it. Yes. But I also love that. Sam's trying to work out if she had a similar experience, like the yes. same ritual at six months. And she's like, no, my mom lives down in Palm Beach. And I'm like, <laughs> living, loving that. Yes. Loving that. We then cut back to Dean, who's obviously trying to find Sam, trying mm-hmm. to figure out where Sam's gone to. Um, he's speaking to Ellen. He's and, in the Impala. And Ellen she's, caves. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's just like, look, I'm just doing this. I'm telling you where he is. He's safe. 
maybe leave him alone. And Dean is basically like, I don't think you know me. Yeah. Ma'am. And so she caves and tells him that he she's in he's in Lafayette in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So like she can't Ellen can't help but meddle. <laughs> yeah, especially when it comes to family. Especially when it comes to family. And so Ava's we cut back to Sam. Ava's trying to convince Sam to leave town basically she's like why can't you just go before you get blown up like I'm trying to tell you this is going to happen yep and (laughs) then she sort of has a bit of a panic attack she's like do you know what I'm just a regular human person I'm engaged I'm getting married married in eight eight weeks weeks. I'm meant to be at home stuffing wedding invites to which I say as someone who has gotten married ma'am eight weeks two months is too late you need to be sending those invites three months in advance like yep what is happening and she's um, handwriting them too. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, addressing um, invitations. I will say I think I did address all of our invitations because yeah, you, you have did. to pay more to get them made with with all the addresses. Like it costs it costs like an extra fifty bucks and I was not doing that. So Yeah, okay. Cool. I I relatable content. I yeah. can understand. Yeah, you're like, um, this is fine. Yeah. Someone who is not married, I'm like, fucking hell, this is insane. Everything costs money. Yes. <laughs> when it comes to weddings, apparently yes. Well, I was going to say, like, she is like, nope, I'm out of here. I'm I'm going back to planet Earth. Yep. And Sam is like, do you really want to never know? Just live your life. And never find out why you had this vision. Never find yep. out if I survive or not. Like, never find out what's going on. Um, and he convinces her to go and go to the shrink's office so he can break in to and get the files for, oh, for Scott. Scott. Yeah. And it's just, thank you. Thank you, Rael, for this character she's such a delight Mm -hmm. she's so real and funny and and down to earth and she's while she may not be on board with the whole ooky spooky stuff Mm -hmm. she's just because she's had this obviously harrowing you know vision Mm -hmm. she's willing to help sam yes because she's like at bare minimum i don't want him to die yeah, and, you know, maybe she wants to find out a little bit more and figure out what's going on. And... Especially when she's had these very vivid vi- visions and yes. they have come true. So, yeah, but her reaction when, because Sam is walk- like so she goes in, pretends mm-hmm. to get therapy, and Sam's, like, walking across, like, the mirror and also going past the window, which yes. is apparently high up. Yes. And she freaks out. Yes. And he's just like, what? And she's like, I remember I took some pills and I didn't drink a diet Coke. Is that yes. me trying... Was that a suicide attempt? Well, she said I ate eight packets of Pop Rocks and then I drank a oh, litre of that's Coke, right. um, which is kind of like the Mentos thing. Oh, right. Yeah. And she's like, do you think that counts as a suicide attempt? Which I just, I love her so much. And I just instantly am like, this character is such a delight to have. Mm. And obviously upbeat. the actress is incredible. Like she's upbeat, but she's like a real person. Yeah. And also I love the therapist eyes of just like, what's going on now and then we getting cut to them going back at the um, Mm -hmm. hotel the blue rose and they're looking through scott's records yes before she they do that though he's sam sort of checking in like are you okay she's like i just went to pretend to have therapy so that you can steal a bunch of files i'm awesome yeah like she's just like this is she's living her best life like she's on an excursion and she's loving it yeah um but yes they're they're looking into his files we're sort of hearing some of what we heard scott say in the cold open that Mm. he can electrocute people um and then we cut to dean dean's just rocked up 
Dean's just rocked up and at first he's like, he sees Sam and then he sees Ava and he's like, oh, yeah. Pretty much. He's just good like, oh, good, you're safe. You're safe and, and maybe you've picked up. So yeah, like, none of my business. None of my business. All I know is that Get your safe. life. <laughs> you know, get it, girl. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. we, we are, we're transported into the room where Ava and Sam are finding more about Scott. Yes. They're hearing about the yellow-eyed demon. Yep. And Ava's like, does. Is that talking about us? Sam's like, I think it might might be be. us, that there's a war coming. Yeah, there's a war coming. And it's, they're getting some, again, some not great news, some harrowing news. And then all of a sudden, chuff, bullet. Yeah, things escalate. (laughs) Things escalate where you don't, they're dealing with this and they're like grappling with it. And then all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. a bullet comes through a glass pane, Mm -hmm. not a window, but through like a glass, like louver. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it just keeps coming. Mm-hmm. And Sam grabs Ava and just body slams her to the ground, like, to stay yeah. down, which is correct response. Yes. But the bullets are going lower. Yeah. And we then get the reveal, mm-hmm. who the sniper is. Yeah. It's our friend Gordy. Yes, it's Gordon. Last scene in Bloodlust, last mm-hmm. scene um, tied up for a couple of days yep. to give Lenore, a.k.a. Amber Benson, yep. and co a chance to escape. Yep. Um, and... Yeah, he's back. He's back and he's trying With to murder guns. Sam. Um, he's got a sniper rifle. Sure does. And things have escalated. Things have really taken a turn. Turns like real hard turn. And so he's trying to take um, Sam and Ava out. He's sort of got, I think, Sam in his sights. Mm-hmm. And then Dean obviously has seen all of this because Dean's in the car park sort of. Um, Seeing it unfurl. And he's trying to take... Gordon out, and yep. Gordon takes Dean out. Yep. He gives him a good um, – so Dean gets a couple of licks in there. He mm-hmm. really gives him a good clobbering, and he's like, what the fuck is this about? Yeah. Um, why are you trying to hunt us? It's not what the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, you don't understand, Dean. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he then uses the butt of his gun and just, like, gives him a good old chop across the head. Yeah. And then end of scene. Yes, and then we cut to, obviously, Sam and Ava have gone to investigate – Ava is asking, why are we not going to the police when someone shot at us? And Sam's like, yeah, I don't think that'll help. And he's sort of investigating. He's like, oh, this is the type of bullet she is. And she's like, who are you? Like, what is happening? Um, And he sort of tells kind of a half-hearted lie of like, oh, yeah, I just watched a lot of shows. Yeah, I think think the show was TJ Hooker. Which apparently starred William Shatner, of all people. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Supernatural Wiki, because I was like, this was not something that made its way across the pond. No. Yeah, so we then find out, um, then he's like, okay, I need a call for reinforcements. Sam, Mm -hmm. doing the thing that I love that Sam does in situations, when he realizes it's too much, Yes. he calls for reinforcements. He's like, I can put my, my little gripe down. Mm-hmm. For the you know the greater good, the bigger picture, mm-hmm. and he calls Dean. Yes, and Dean answers, and then yes. we then switch to Dean, who was tied up. Yes, quite with, literally, literally tied up on a chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gordon is holding the phone to mm-hmm. to Dean's ear, and he reveals that he's in town. He's seen him. Yes, um, the Lafayette is a real funky town. The real real funky town. And Sam kind of continues, kind of goes, uh huh. Um, and Dean's like, how would you come see me? Mm-hmm. And gives him an address. Yes. Um, Which is the address from the cold open. Yes. Sam's like, no worries. I'll see you soon. He gets off the phone. He has mm-hmm. a bit of a, a quizzical face. And he'll be mm-hmm. like, hmm. And Ava's like, what's going on? And he's like, hmm, my brother is in trouble. And he gave me a sign. And yes. he's like, what sign? Yeah. And he's, he's like. Funky town means someone, there's, someone's got a gun on you. Yeah. 
And she's like, excuse me, what now? And she's like, uh, Dean's like, uh, no, sorry, not Dean. Sam's like, um, I didn't make up a name. Yes. Yeah, long- Dean came up with it. It's a long story. So Let's good. go. Let's go. And that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to Gordon and Dean. Yes. And it's always really fun, I think, to watch Jensen and Sterling bounce off each other because they are both such incredible actors. Oh, yeah. And they have a really great rapport mm. in a dark way um and dean of course is kind of like look dude i know we left you for three days in your own mess like last you know last time we saw you but like is this really all worth is this really murder level and he's like oh i was going to kick your ass for that but um i was you know i couldn't find you uh but he had heard uh from a demon it was as he was doing an exorcism um that there was a war coming. He's like, I don't think the demon meant to say it, but it piqued my interest and you'll be fascinated to hear what demons will tell you if you use the right tools. And Dean's like, blend the girl that was uh, being possessed. He's like, oh, she didn't make it. And again, you know, this isn't a Sarah Gamble episode, but like no. we're continuing that conversation of like Gordon represents black and white, good and evil which Dean thought he represented for a very long time. And for all of season one, we got this very black and white sense of good versus evil. You kill Mm -hmm. the bad thing to save the good people. And, you know, this season has really been about sort of unpicking that and like what is right and what what happened in Crow's Hohen. Like, yes, you know, trying to figure out who is infected, who's not infected, infected. who who should you kill, who should you let live. And (laughs) unfortunately he let Dwayne live. Turns out Dwayne was a demon. But he didn't know that. He didn't know that. You know, that, 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 that. He didn't, he didn't test. He didn't throw any holy water on him. No. Um, but yeah, basically he tortured this demon. This demon revealed um, the truth about special children, including one Sam Winchester. Mm-hmm. And Gordon, as we've, we learned when we met him in Bloodlust, he sees things in black and white. And yep. so he's like, these go. are children that demons have had a hand in creating or have a hand in giving special powers and to, that makes them evil. Yeah, and they're going to be part of the army mm-hmm. for the war that is apparently coming. Yes. And what kind of person switches sides? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Gordon has revealed that he's like he's going to take them out one yeah. by one if he has to because, again, the whole black and white scenario, good versus mm-hmm. evil, no gray area. And yeah. Dean is just like, you're crazy, man. Like, yes, this is a real long shot. And why would you believe a demon? Yeah. Um, and then Gordon sort of like, yep, well, you do you, boo. But I'm going to get Sam. Sam is going to be dead tonight. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, Dean's like, well, he, Sam wouldn't just walk into a trap. That's not Sam. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, I know what Sam will do. I know he'll, cake, he'll case the area. He'll mm-hmm. case the house. He won't come through the front door, but mm-hmm. he will come through the back door. And that's where I'm going to get him with tripwires. At this point, I'm just like, fuck you. Like, yeah. I get being unknown about Sam, but Sam's the one that's really been the level-headed one. Yeah. If anything, you would think that Dean was possessed by the yellow-eyed demon, the way he reacts to certain situations. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, I mean, Gordon doesn't see that because obviously he's been off trying to find them and obviously gets caught in this, this down the rabbit hole of, you know, Mm-hmm. The war, war, we don't know what that is. Yeah. War, that it's just kind of like you really are grasping. You're basing it off something that comes from a demon's like off cuff comment. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, even, a, I mean, he's sort of, yeah, admittedly tortured it out of him. 
And he also does say, he's like, oh, you know, you've got your roadhouse contacts, I've got mine, which mm-hmm. sort of suggests that someone has been spilling the beans yeah. about about Sammy's powers. Yep. Um, and again, in this episode, he continues to call Sam Sammy, which yep. is... Not what Sam likes. What only Dean can call him Sammy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also sort of, Dean sort of says that. He's like, well, you don't, you know, Sam is the good guy. Like yeah. he is, he doesn't, he is absolutely the moral compass. Like he's not going to go dark side. Like even Scott, like, do you, did Scott kill anybody? And he's like, oh, you know, aside from the cat, no, but he was working up to it. And like, we kind of joke about like, that's the serial killer mm. trope, but like, Sometimes kids do fucked up things and then they never hurt anybody else ever again. Like, yep. it, it, you know, we don't really know if that was an accident mm-hmm. that he didn't mean to kill the cat. It just happened. Like, we don't know any of that stuff. And it's kind of like making this again, the gray assumption, area. making this assumption that like they'll have to turn evil. They won't have a choice. Like, yeah. because demons are involved, because there's a demonic element, like, yep. and they're the bad, they're they the, will they have the to become killers. Like, they yep. will have no choice in the matter. Um, and so, yeah, he's set up this sort of crap for Gordon. Um, we cut back. Ava is in the little blue, like, mm-hmm. mini. I was like, yes, this is yeah, her car. This, this is really I want this car. <laughs> yeah, she's got the mini. She's living her best life. Yes. Um, 2006. And, yeah, she's like, just go, like, and, like, I want to stay. I want to help. Mm-hmm. And Sam's like, no, it's too dangerous. I'll yeah. be okay. I got this. And she's just like, can you at least telephone me when mm-hmm. everything's okay i'm like i love that it's telephone and not send me a text yeah um because see where we are contextually yeah. it's 2006 so you yeah. would 100 would call your friend and go i got home okay yeah bye call and have a phone conversation yep <laughs> and you know sam's kind of like look i walk into danger on purpose all the mm-hmm. time like yep. it doesn't really phase me yep and so you know we back to gordon and dean getting like getting all set up and you know he's just like it doesn't matter like Dean Sam is going to become a monster yeah um and he was you know he sort of uses and this is sort of like the argument that I guess you hear I don't know if you hear a lot but like I feel gets raised a lot of like what happens if you meet Hitler when he's a kid yeah young Hitler when he's a dumb artist which Hitler was was, yeah in World War One yeah would knowing if you have the information of you, you're in the car with him and you know that what's going to happen and he does mm-hmm. in the future, do you take him out? And it's like, yeah. I guess it's one of those conundrums of like, yeah. what would you do? And is it inevitable? Is Hitler, yeah. is Hitler inevitable? I'm not answering that question. Nope, like, neither am like, I. I'm not trying to, but like it is. Megan, I'm not touching that with a, a very long I No, no, I don't want you to. Thank um, you. But it's, <laughs> it is that sort of that, that conundrum, that question of mm-hmm. like, if you, but this, but Gordon is getting ahead of himself. Like, yeah, we know what Hitler did, and if you end up with Hitler in the car with you as a stupid twenty-one-year-old, maybe you do cap him. I don't know. Yeah, I can't answer that question for anyone. But but with Sam, with Sam, he hasn't done anything yet. There's he's no done the complete. Proof. He's done the complete opposite. Yeah, like he has shown himself again and again to be a moral compass, and for Dean to be the one that's a little bit more ambiguous and mm-hmm. and not necessarily doing the right thing. Yeah. Um. But Gordon's like, well, it's nearly time, and he gags Dean. And I need to ask you something because <laughs> maybe this is unique to to me and my sister and the the television that we watched because we watch a lot of like we watch Indiana Jones a lot. Mm. 
so we used we tried to gag each other once to okay. see if it actually works. And I'm going to say it doesn't really – you really have to tie it tight. You really have to get in there with like a really thick scarf. Mm-hmm. You can't just get a, like a thin scarf because you can just talk through it. Um, Is this a not like <laughs> – Yeah. No, I no, definitely can say like we would use more like um, like T-shirts. Yeah. Like thin T-shirts to try and replicate it. But you could always – you made sound. Yeah. As it had to be wide enough to be for a kid to like really, you could still make noise. Even if the, it was done tight, mm-hmm. you could still audibly make noise. Yeah. The only way that's stopping is with an actual ball gag. Yes. Which I didn't have access to in my house. No. Same. Thankfully. Thankfully. <laughs> um, for those who don't know what that is, Google it. Or don't. No, please uh, do. <laughs> maybe uh, incognito if you're at work. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not Cause... getting you fired. Or Googling your phone. Yeah, just just don't do it in a... Don't do it in a public setting. No. Anyway. Um, anyway. So <laughs> I just want to check because I feel like that was something that we would, no. like, practice doing and we used to practice tying each other up and, like, seeing if we could escape, like... Yeah, no, it's I think it's something what... Well, well, I definitely did it. Like, I think it's one of those... You see it in a movie, kind of replicate mm. it, and it's, like, the least harmful thing you can do from replicating a movie. Yeah, like, like and it was fun. Like, haha, we're going to tie each other up, and it's part of the game. And, and you like, have to try and escape. Yeah, see if it, see if it actually we actually used to works. Heists. Ours was like bank heists. Mm. I mean, ours was a lot of Star Wars pretending to. Ah, uh, yeah, Wars. that was not my journey. No, <laughs> no. Um, ours were a lot of like bank heists, like all like toy, like the great toy thief kind of scenario. Like we'd have like chests of drawers, and we put all the person who was a bad person would take all the toys, put them in the chest, and. Ha 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 ha! And yeah, I got you now. I very much a damsel in distress on like the, you know, the ter- the train tracks. Right. Yes, <laughs> that kind of vibe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, That's ours cool. was a lot of pretending to be on the being on Endor and doing like lightsaber battles in our backyard. Got you. And got you. Being got you. taking turns to be Princess Leia. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so yeah, no, it's so yeah. So this for me, especially because it looks like a big long like handkerchief. Yes. Or like. It looks like it would be an effective gag. Mm. I guess Gordon Gordon does turn around to Dean um, just before because um, he can hear Sam. He mm-hmm. does turn around to Dean and he's like, look, for what, like, I'm sorry, but for what it's worth, it'll be quick death. That's like, that's, you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. That is, no, I don't want consolation prize of like, oh, he's going to be dead, but it'll be quick. What? Yeah. And what he also says is like, is is sort of links back to the start of the episode where he's like, if your dad was here and if your dad, your dad would side hmm. with me basically. Yeah. And the answer to that is, yeah. Yeah. He would because he would, he's, he's an asshole. He's already told Dean yep. to kill, jo- uh, to kill Sam. Sam. Yeah. So. Because John on a base level is an asshole. Yeah. So Gordon's kind of got John's number in that respect of mm. being like, you know, he'd take you out. He'd take Sam out. He yep. would know that that was the right thing to do. Like he would, he would yep. have the balls to do it. Yeah. And. And like in a roundabout way, which is why, I mean. We get into it, but mm-hmm. at this point, my brain was like, huh, that's why he made the deal with the yellow-eyed demon was to get Sam to come back. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, to get Dean to come back to ensure that Sam doesn't go off and be rogue. So that if Sam needs to be taken out, mm. someone has to do it. I don't think so because John clearly could have done it for himself. True, you're very true. Or, so... and that's what my brain thought as well. But then I'm like, yeah, but then again, this is John who's a piece of shit. Um, I think John brought Dean back. I think Dean kind of got the nail on the head in Crossroad Blues mm. where he was like, no, you 
didn't bring him you didn't bring your wife back when he was talking to the, the the husband who brought his wife back he's like you didn't bring her back for her you brought her back for you um but without thinking of the consequences of like that yeah, your absence so i think that i don't know that that's necessarily true for the husband and wife i think that he genuinely did it for selfless reasons to save his dying wife but i think that john brought dean back selfishly yeah and like dean obviously didn't want to go we saw that in that in the first episode we saw uh, that he wanted to stay like he didn't feel like his fight was over yeah but like since coming back he's known he wasn't meant to be there and he's known that like it's not natural and i think john would have had no problem taking sam out so i think yeah i suppose yeah um and so we're now sort of back in the cold open you know sam sneaking around Mm -hmm. and we see the grenade go off and Dean sort of is like sobbing through yep. his gag. And, yep. you know, as always, Jensen, amazing cry actor, amazing kind of yep. distraught acting. And then Gordon's like, wait, wait, wait. And then that big boom. And he I've like, got a, like, leans- second one. <laughs> yeah. And then the second one goes, and mm-hmm. Dean does the most because you clearly it's a CGI part. So, like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, there was clearly an element of real explosion. Yeah. But was- this was definitely because he does lean forward and he's like, oh, I know this was prom- predominantly CGI. Yes. I don't think they would have gotten permission to really blow something up that close to an actor. Yeah, especially a lead. So, yeah, I enjoy the reaction because it Mm -hmm. does, like, that does, because you're more focused on Dean versus the actual explosion. Yes. It does help. Yes. And, yes, at this point, Dean is going, yep, you've killed Sam. You have done it, Gordon. Mm -hmm. You've gone and done it now. So Gordon waits for the smoke to settle Mm -hmm. and he goes into the room Mm -hmm. to ensure that Sam's dead. And mm-hmm. then we see the biggest shoe known to man yes. um, with smoke coming out of it. Yes. And we're like, oh, yep, he's dead. And then all of a sudden we hear click of a gun, mm-hmm. oh, a cocked gun at the back of Gordon's head. Yes. So Sam has survived. Obviously, Ava has told him what happens. Mm. And so Sam was able to get around grenades. I'm going to make the assumption he's thrown his shoe because Gordon's like, ah, got to be careful around here, Sam. You might end up with tetanus. Because he's taken his shoes off to obviously add to the, um, add to the ruse. Yeah, of being blown up. So he's thrown. You assume he's thrown one shoe for the first bomb, and then he's thrown the second one because he's like, "Well, I'm not an idiot." And then obviously, proven right. Yes. And so then we get this great fight between um, Sam and Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Sterling K. Brown. Has he's he's a really good fighter. Mm. No, he's a seeing choreograph fights when people are really like good at it yeah um so it's this really good fight but ultimately gordon ends up on the ground mm-hmm. and he's like teasing sam like trying to provoke him like you're not going to kill me according to your brother you're a bit of a saint and all yep. of this sort of stuff and just being the worst just just being just being gordon like i know but being the worst um and just sort of wanting to wanting to prove himself right by making yep. sam kill him which is a bit redundant um and then he sort of says like you're no better than the things that you hunt. Like you're a monster just like them. And Sam does do the right thing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't show Gordon that he's the he's a killer. He knocks Gordon out. Dean obviously is like beyond relieved that Sam is okay, but then mm-hmm. he does immediately go to kill Gordon. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, "Excuse me, thank you for untying me. I need to go I need to get my shotgun. Like, mm-hmm. if he had a shotgun, he would have been cocking it and would have yeah. been walking in the room. With like, the- this is this ends now. I let him live once and I'm not making that same mistake again. And Sam is, sort of says, don't worry, Gordon's taken care of. This next bit, right now in 2021, the visuals of what's about to happen were to me a bit upsetting in terms of, like, 
what happens and what how happens, happens it, I, but i want to say and we've said this before this was not intended with the kind of no. perspective we have now and it is a really good way to get out of this situation where it's like consequences of your actions yeah. and gordon ending up where he belongs yeah. in the reality of the real, real world, world not the supernatural like world our world so essentially what happens is um they're going to leave the house they're just going to mm-hmm. run away and go well he's been he's been taken care of yep. gordon wakes up and starts mm-hmm. chasing him and mm-hmm. dean makes the smartest remark he's like that's what you call taken care of mm-hmm. um and he's shooting the gun like he's shooting at the boys like yep. it's all it's very um unambiguous yep about the situation that's going on. Yep. And then all of a sudden you hear sirens. Yeah. The boys manage to get behind a bush or some bushes mm. and there's like three or four cop cars that just corner Gordon. Yes. And it's the police. We'll leave it at that. Yes. I think you already said it was the police. Yeah, I know, but in the sense of what happens with Gordon. Yes. So Gordon – um gets on his knees, he mm-hmm. drops his weapon. This sort of visual of him being surrounded by cops as a black man mm-hmm. is uh, not a great visual today in 2021 to see. Like I said, though, it's, it is a really – in the context of 2006, it's a way for Sam to still – I'm not – meh. We're not. It's it's hard. It's hard to try and make something modern that was set in a time period where we I, had a, a, naive, a, a naive time period. Yeah. I would say in terms of the writers' yeah. perspectives on this, From, like I don't think there was any intended malice, and I it's don't. It's not a Karen they, scenario. It's not where where you see those horrible videos mm. um, of people calling fake police reports in. Yes, um, on people who are just living their lives and not yes. doing anything illegal whatsoever. Gordon is a hundred percent a bad guy. Yeah, he's and an he's asshole. unambiguously not a good person, and he clearly is shooting a weapon mm. um, with ma- with malice and with intent mm-hmm. when they see him. So there's no ambiguity, and they do when they open the trunk of his car up, they see all of his weapons, and so like. There's no ambiguity there, and I do think it was just coming very much from a naive place when yep. they wrote this episode. He's coming in because Sam would have, uh, you would assume, has told him that there is a, a fellow up in this particular where they are, mm-hmm. this address, who is loaded to the teeth with guns. Yes. And, and is going to kill and, people. And killed Scott Carey. Yeah. Um, because Sam sort of says hopefully he'll he'll get done for the murder of Scott Carey. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah, it is it is a very different perspective visually on it. In that visually scene. and in terms of like what we know. Sam, this was a way out of it that Sam could be the good guy. Yeah. In the context of the time. Yeah. His- it was like, how can we get Sam out of this? How can we get the boys out of this without them killing this character? Yeah. And making sure that Sam gets to remain the hero. Great. He's a bad guy. Let's get the police involved. Yeah. Today, in the context of him being black. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it, it is, even though he's unambiguously the bad guy, yeah. just that visual when I first saw it at the start of yeah. last year, so start of 2021, before we started this podcast, I was like, oh, that hits different now. Yeah. And it hits different because we've grown, we've yes. evolved, we've, uh, we understand a little bit more, especially here in Australia, we've understood, we've understand a lot more and being more aware yes. of things that uh, don't trigger good emotions. Yes. And this one is and the context of it. and like. The reality the of it. Yeah, the yeah. reality of it not just being some random plot in a show. It's actual happen. Like, again, you just have to go in with 
with any show that is from a certain period, mm. it doesn't excuse behavior. It doesn't excuse. No. We're not, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that. I don't think there was any malice intent. No, I don't. No, th- it was just no. the, the same naivety that I think we both have had yeah. up until very recently yeah, in our like, lives. We are from a generation that had come into the tail end of things tra- changing and mm-hmm. changing in both negative and positive lights. Like, yeah, we've been part of the change and we've been accepting to the good changes in moving paint brushes with a stroke of, you knew this was bad back then. It's like, you don't know that. No. And if that's if this is how you feel like you need to approach all of the shows, go back to the seventies. Yeah, go back to the sixties when they were making literal segregation shows. Yeah, those should be cancelled. Well, I mean, they. I. It's, I think it's just all television needs to be watched. All all entertainment needs to be watched in context. Yeah, and it needs to be watched in the context of the time. And some of it doesn't hold up in terms no. of like watching it now. You're like, oh, I don't like this at all. No, and other things like supernatural has missteps and makes missteps and we're obviously calling them out now in 2021 because it's well, 2022, 2022 sorry which yeah. is where we're at now yeah, but no, like it's, we're it's, calling we're calling that stuff out because it's so much more obvious to us now and i'm sure yeah. the writers and i'm i mean most a lot of them have gone on to do things and to evolve and change the stories that yeah. they tell and how they talk about things but and that's the only way we can really again move forward is yeah you can look back on things and watch them with the knowledge you have now yes but contextually you can say that was probably not the right choice for today's standard. Yes. However, back then, it was a time where we didn't know better. No. But look at where we are now. And that's how yes. I always got, like, it's the same with when I've rewatched Sex and the City. I mean, let's not go into that. No. But you go, I go. <laughs> that was our pre-show, which you guys don't get to, oh, to no, hear, which is guys... which is Kat's weekly <laughs> recap to me of the, the, soup, the Sex and the City news show that I refuse oh, to watch. Girl. <laughs> we are not that podcast. No. Um, but, yeah, for me, when I go back and watch shows that, I loved watching as like coming of age and becoming a mm-hmm. teenager, becoming a young adult and things like that. They're not the same shows they are now. Yes. And I mean, Gossip Girl is one of them. Yeah. Gossip Girl hit at a time that I was coming of age and recession was happening here in Australia and things like that. Looking back now, it was tone deaf as all fuck. Yes. But again, I go back knowing that and knowing there are plots in the stories that are horrible mm. and should not ever be told for an audience of their age, just for entertainment. Yes. So I'm aware of that. So, I mean, again, it's just adding that contextual view of yes. things is what we need to do. And, yeah, so hence why, as we've done for every single episode where there has been situations where mm-hmm. we're like, this hits differently now. Yes. And then the reasons are he- here. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would happily spend 20 minutes talking about that because you have to. Yeah. I think it's, it's important and I think as well, uh, obviously, like when we're, we're educating ourselves, we're learning mm. and we're always trying to, to be more educated. But, you know, we started from where this show was in terms yeah. of just being kind of silly and ignorant about a lot of things and about the reality of things. Because and they weren't applicable to us at the time. Yeah, exactly. Like it weren't, they weren't our lived experience. Um, and as always, the Supernatural Wiki has um, a great selection of articles mm. that are people's lived experiences that talk about a lot of things in Supernatural yeah. um, from the perspective of people of colour, from the perspective of Indigenous people, mm. um, you know, from the perspective of the uh, LGBTQIA plus community and how the representation of their characters are portrayed Mm. um so i always encourage you to go and find that on the wiki because it is people's actual lived experiences Mm. um not us two who also (laughs) who haven't had those experiences directly and but are just wanting to not 
not talk about it if yeah. that makes sense like it yeah would... we're not glazing over it we're not no. painting again we're not glazing over it and we still love this stupid show yeah and you just again it's one of those things where you just have it's like anything you have to take the good with the bad yes but balance it out yes and just decide for, i guess for yourself like how bad is is the bad like where is your line yeah um and for us like i don't think supernatural crosses that line a lot or enough to make it like don't actively upsetting we know there are some parts that are actively upsetting. Yes. We've just discussed one. But in overall broad strokes for us and our mm-hmm. lived experiences and our learnings, it's minimal compared to other shows. Yeah. Friends, Sex and the City, Gossip Girl. I've just named three. Um, yes. And for all different reasons. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And assumedly, if you're listening to this, you're not like, we're clearly we're just we're we're sweating now because we're we're, we're like oh god are we explaining we're talking about this appropriately we explain yeah. this uh, as well as we can and like with, with our experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but hopefully if you are listening to this you hopefully understand, understand where we're coming from yeah we um, mean no malice we're here for the funds we're here for the funds and but we, we acknowledge the bad yes we acknowledge the bad and so we cut now to uh the roadhouse mm-hmm. Dean is talking to Ellen and Dean sort of pulls her out and is like you know, loose lips sink ships and apparently he's got roadhouse connections. So do you want to tell me who yeah. that is? He's pissed. And I love, I love when Dean gets pissy. Yes. Not, not Sam pissy, but Dean pissy. Yes. Dean pissy is basically like, I am done with the shenanigans. I'm mm-hmm. calling bullshit on all you fucks. Bring it to the front. Bring it to my face. Bring yes. that goddamn fucking busted mug to my face and I'm going to slap it silly. Love exactly. It. And Ellen is like, no. I didn't do that, but you have to remember this is a hunter bar and there are, you know, people talk, people hear things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would mm-hmm. say there's at least 12 right now that I could name that could put the pieces together and figure out what John was up to yep. and therefore figure out what you're up to. So, like, how about you How about you step off, Yeah, how about boy? you take several seats in the fucking amphitheater, yeah. sir? And they sort of talk about Gordon and say, like, you know, if he gets pinned for Scott Carey's murder, then... He should be put away for a few years yes. and yep. then we're sort of safe from him and his slightly evangelical approach mm-hmm. to um his warped this. vision. Yeah, his his crusade, you yeah. would say. Um and you know, Dean is sort of saying what he was saying at the start of the episode. He's like, I've got one word for you, Amsterdam. Apparently the coffee shops don't even serve coffee. Mm-hmm. Um and as always, I love where they sneak a little bit of a like zesty eh. reference eh. in there because they're not allowed to say it out loud yep. but um yeah you know dean is he really just wants to go on he wants a break he wants a break and he wants to believe that their destinies aren't controlled yeah which fair and i wish <laughs> these are times sometimes where i'm like god i wish we hadn't decided to do a spoiler free podcast because i could talk about this for a while but yeah. i guess i will wait we will wait. I mean, <laughs> guys, I mean, work it out. If you haven't worked it out, 15 seasons. Work that yes. shit out. Like, we'll, we'll get there. We'll I will, get we there. will talk about the the concept of destiny and the con- concept of fate. And Fuck me. We have a lot of seasons to talk about I'm, that. I'm excited. Um, but in the meantime, Sam is concerned about Ava. She hasn't mm. – she's not picking up her phone. Sorry. He's been trying to call her to be like, hey, it's okay. I survived. We're yeah. all good. He's calling her, not texting her, guys. And so he decides to go and – actually check on her yeah and dean's um, like okay sure you know he sort of teases him a little bit mm-hmm. of like yeah you hey, and this girl eh hey, 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 hey. Wink, wink, he's nudge, like he's engaged i'm just worried about her yeah which i think is very on brand for sam and obviously ava is such a delightful Ca- character. character like 
She's she's left an imprint. She's not a damsel in distress, but she's not a warrior woman. You know, no. she's she's just a she's regular. Re- she is just a she's just a small town girl. Yeah, living in a lonely world. It's the second reference, journey reference you've I made know. in the last two episodes. I know, and I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they get to the apartment that mm-hmm. um, or condo. I don't know. We don't understand yes. American housing. Yes. Um, if it's not a house, I don't know. And they go upstairs, and again, they come out strong with the the gore. Yeah, they're always towing that line of what mm. they can get away with. Like it's it's kind of impressive in a way, yeah. like how close. Like it's it's because this isn't um, it's not a HBO show. It's mm. not like you know it would have it aired at like eight o'clock, so it's not a um oh my god, what's the word? It's like after certain hours, and you keep thinking show tits and stuff. Oh yeah, like um, it's uh, it's like a rating, like of MA or whatever. Yeah, like, like it's, it was it's, before a certain time. You couldn't, you just couldn't yeah, have that the, stuff, um, even in Australia. Broadcasting um, guidelines. Yeah. Um. So, but they 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 toe that line a lot. Oh in, yeah, in, in this we walk in and we see a fellow who is covered in a mm-hmm. lot of blood. So Ava's fiance, which we discover is Ava, obviously. And his throat's been slit. Yeah. And they notice that there is sulfur, which means there was a demon. Yep. And then they see uh, Ava's engagement ring in the middle of a pool of blood. And I'm just kind of like, oh, no, Ava. Because clearly she's been taken by the demon. Taken or murdered. We don't know. Yeah. Well, the assumption, I think, is that she was taken. Yeah. Because she's a special child yeah that was my assumption too yeah. i was just like but there's also a lot of blood but also humans have a lot of blood i don't yeah blood. and that, 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 that. and that's the end of the episode yeah. i really enjoy this episode i yeah, really love one. the character of ava um yeah. i'm always happy to hear muse played in the world <laughs> yes, the news. and um and, and you know as much it's as a Gordon, high episode it's a very yeah. it's all highs yeah, it's a great, it's a really good episode, and it sort of sets up a lot of stuff. We get a lot more about the the, the children and sort of this idea that they aren't um, what this might mean. We finally get the reveal, obviously, of what Dean knows. Yep. Um, and we also we sort of see a little bit of like how that could play out, and with with Gordon. And I think he's a great character to bring back oh, to yeah. play out yeah to bring Dean's darker side if that makes sense because yep. that's sort of what happened in bloodlust as well it was like he was a straight killer and he was a yep. killer and he was very black and white and Dean initially was with that mm. until he saw the the gray yeah and so I think bringing Gordon back to talk about this again of like would Dean actually kill Sam and I think we sort of land on maybe no maybe no and also it's just a really good um to get some little bit more pieces of the puzzle of what the what the yellow eyed demon has in store, yes, or or what's going on there. He's talking but, to these kids and yeah. trying to like influence them to yeah. do things. Um, to you, I guess maybe unlock powers we mm-hmm. don't know. Um, but yeah, he's they're like sleeper agents, and they've been all woken up at the same time, and they're all have different experiences. So yeah, yeah it's good to see. That kind of all stuff play out. But yeah, and that's the end of the episode. It is. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. As always, um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at we will talk about it pod at gmail.com. Um, like, so not like, <laughs> this isn't a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, subscribe, <laughs> rate, and review. Um, you can review now on St- um, Spotify as well as on iTunes. So that would be incredible if you could do that. Uh, tell a friend, tell a work colleague. Tell a friend. Um, yeah, you said that. I, I said that to mm-hmm. tell tell a mum as you go and do the school run to pick your kids up. I yep. don't know. Tell a human. <laughs> I 
I mean, tell your dog, but as long as that dog also can speak. Yeah, as, and long, also as, as long as they go and listen to the podcast. That's yeah, all we care about. That's all I care about. And in the meantime, stay safe and head down to Funky Town. Bye, guys. Bye.